You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking to a bass clarinetist in one second, uh, the fantastic Bridget Kelly, who is coming down to Dunedin from Wellington to play with uh, myself and my co-host Karen, who is here in the studio as well. Um, so Bridget should be with us on the line right now. I'll just bring her in. Hello, Bridget. Are you there? Hello. Yes, I am. Hi, Alex. <laughs> fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> I'm here too, Bridget. Hi, Karen. Hello. <laughs> How's Wellington today? Nice. Oh, oh well, you're lucky. We've had rain mm. all week. I oh, we had the rain, but today is no rain and no wind. Oh, well, that's lovely. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. It is an early hour of the morning, but I I do assume that you're quite the early bird. Yeah, no, I've been up since maybe five o'clock. Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Up with the larks, as they say. Yeah, it was, the twoies. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Well, we've got some, uh, well, we look forward to having a chat and we've got um, some music uh, to play whilst we chat too. Or, you know, just to dot the interview. Um, So, we're pretty excited about this project um, for the Jazz Loft, which is the first event that we've put on in a whole year. So, thank you very much for coming down and um, joining us for that. Um, But more about you... um, you mentioned that you've finished your studies in jazz and composition at the New Zealand Music School about 25 years ago. Yeah, Can yeah, 97. 97. Can you tell oh, us about... I can't remember, 95 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of, a few decades ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about um, the various directions you've taken since then? Hmm... Yeah, well, um, so many things. It's a bit of a blast from the past when you ask this question. I had a really fun time going back um, and seeing what I had done. But uh, first of all, I just didn't um, have a great time at jazz school, so it was a bit of a boys' club, to be honest, and I was the only girl. So it was hard to get any, yeah, it was hard to get any um, inroad with any jazz gigs or straight-ahead gigs or anything like that. so I had a go at playing classical and taking that pretty seriously. So I was in the New Zealand Air Force band for quite a few years as a sonic band. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I also got into playing music for dance shows and theatre shows uh, with Red Mole. Um, and then got more and more into avant-garde music. Mm. My boyfriend at the time, Jeff Henderson, uh, opened a really cool loft venue in Newtown called The Space, which still exists as a studio gallery space. But yeah, um, so we hosted all sorts of amazing guests and we started the Jazz Festival and had gigs there and theatre there and dance workshops and classes there and all sorts of cool artists and installations and yeah, yoga, everything. Sounds fantastic. So yeah, kind of got into all of that that avant-garde scene. Mm. Mm. 
Tell us about yeah. some of the guests or who who used to come and um, play with you then at that time uh, yeah. at the Newtown um, space. Well, Jeff mostly was really great at bringing all sorts of great avant-garde type musicians. So, yeah, I got to meet all these incredible people uh, like Marilyn Crispell. We did a tour with her, mm. oh, a yeah. little operetta. Mm. Yeah, William Parker, we did a big band yeah, yeah, yeah. gig with him. Han Benek and Johannes Bauer and Clifford Barbaro came a few years later. Evan Parker. Awesome. Um, Steve Lacey. Yeah, they all came to the space or the the next venue called... Uh, happy in, in town. Ah, kind of so you shifted there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, lots, lots more than that too, and and lots of very creative stuff going on in Wellington with the locals. No doubt, no doubt. Mm. Do you think there was more funding available? Because many of the people that you've mentioned are internationals, so um, did did they come of their own... Um, did they listen? Yeah. No. Yeah, well, they, they, uh, it was Simon Bowden's brainchild that right. we started up the Jazz Festival with, and he was great at getting funding. Um, so we'd always have a sponsor. I think it was Montana Wines for the first 10 years or so of the Jazz Festival. Fantastic. So that helped a great deal. And then, yeah, Simon was just a real whiz at getting funding. Hmm. Mm. We'd bring people over, I think, who were in Australia as well. It was a clever way to just pop them over. So most of their costs were already, you know, they'd Covered, flown all yeah. the way to Australia and yeah. then just get them over here. Well, it just sounds like a whole rich um, foundation for everybody that lived in Wellington, I suppose. Mm, it was. It was really a golden age in Wellington music, full stop, but certainly in the in the free music, avant-garde music, experimental music scene. Which, as you say, sort of spilt into other areas of the performing arts as well in many regards. And I've got a question about that a bit later on. Mm -hmm. Um, Any questions from you, Alex, from listening to that? I'm just, it makes me feel nostalgic um, for the time that you're describing, Bridget. Yeah, I I was saying it was a real fun trip down memory lane when you asked um, and you were questions uh, when you gave me a little bit of heads up about what you're going to ask. It was really <laughs> fun to <laughs> think, wow, that was just the most prolific time and so yeah. much creativity and community and a real golden age, like I say. It was Would you so say it many was quite cool an, big bands. Yeah. Would you say it was quite an organic process rather than, you know, a very um, sort of like um, disciplined, polished kind of, must do, must present such and such, or was it much more organic in its, Mm. what am I trying to say? Yeah, I sort of used the term devised from devised theatre that I did. That that was a real um, similarity. Yeah. It it did feel um, disciplined because we had to rehearse a lot more because it was devised. So you would have to rehearse for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks Mm. and um, so there was discipline involved, but it was definitely organic, yeah. Everyone yeah. played a part in creating the shows, and they were shows. They weren't just sort of follow the dots on the page and with the conductor. It was, it was a community effort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. and a process, like a long, beautiful process. Mm. It makes me, I know it's not about me, but it makes me uh, remember um, 
there was a similar kind of period of time for me over in England when I was doing theatre and around mm. the time of agitprop theatre and um, our kind of uh, director, if you like, our divisor was friends with Lowell Coxhill and... Um, you know Lowell Coxhill? I don't know so Lowell he's, a, Coxhill. he's a UK free jazzer. He's passed away now, but um, he brought mm. him along to one of our, uh, you know, very loose rehearsals, and we worked with him, sax player. So um, that was just amazing, you know, just in a very humble space, in a very humble way, and then this magic would kind of emerge mm. from people involved. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all different personalities. Some humble, not so much. Some other ones. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's another. Maybe that's a discreet conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. It's neat. You know, sometimes they just, uh, yeah, they're really enigmatic. Person, oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and personalities. Um, got really good, strong ideas, and that's neat too. What do you think are some of your most memorable or influential experiences or projects? I mean, I guess that's a project in itself, but do any stand out for you in particular that you've been involved in? Um, there are a lot, but um, yeah, the theatre shows I did with Red Mole were mm. very memorable and those were devised and um, with Sally Rodwell and Alan Bunton. Mm. The poet, he wrote all the scripts. So those were humble, as in, you know, zero budget. And they were also devised, so that was a beautiful process. And then Alan would write scripts from our dreams and all sorts of mm. political things that were going on. And yes. yeah, really beautiful, rich experience. Yes. Uh, and I would always try and veer away from playing the music and be more involved in the, the physical <laughs> theatre yeah. stuff. So, um, that was really good fun and learning and growing. Because you're, um, you do dance as well. As, yeah, because you do dance as well, don't you? You are um, and, yeah. and acting. Yeah, I do gravitate to the dance more. So that was a good inroad into yeah playing music for dancers. And I've done a little bit more, much more recently um, with Sasha Copeland Java Dance stuff. She's got a, a group called Metamorphosis mm. Collaborations with Dancers, and it's all um, improvised and very free, open to you know you can dance, you can play, you can swap roles. Brilliant. So that the most recent fun one, but yeah, there's lots of great bands over the time. Um, one that I love that's gone for maybe 15 years is Rosie Langerbier's Zirkus. So it's a big band, all her compositions, oh, yes. and it's, yeah, it's had a few incarnations. Have you performed um, in that or? Yes. Yes. So performed in all of the, the gigs with circus over the years. And those are always quite circus-like, hence the name. So circus, yes. and collaborating with dancers. And um, the most recent version of it has a hilarious long name. Let me try and get this right. It's something like the best, most happiest, fun, sexy cabaret of good fortune and prosperity. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, and it's really fun. It's got audience participation and it's got visuals and it's got um, acrobats and astrology readings and 
Brilliant. That oh, matching I, band. I think I want to run away with this kind of circus. I might have to join <laughs> you somehow. <laughs> oh, we've got a gig on uh, the 9th of December, I think. So oh, have you? <laughs> after COVID lull, we've, uh, we're back into it. Back so into action. Come. I think um, Alex is burning to ask you a question here. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was just going to ask... Uh, you know, you're a sax player, and it's I guess it's fairly common for a lot of sax players to have started out playing the clarinet when you when they're younger. But not that many people uh, gravitate to the bass clarinet. Um, what was it that drew you to the influence in particular? And and do you have any um, particular influences, um, players you're really into, were really into, or are really into currently that you uh, would like mm. to talk about potentially? Mm. Um, you'll laugh, but I never really liked the sound of the saxophone. Right, right, so, right. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I was one of those ones that started on the clarinet Yeah. Um, quite late, probably 13 or something. Yeah. And when I went to jazz school, they said, you have to play the saxophone. Yeah, right. So I did somewhat reluctantly. I did right. learn the saxophone and I majored on the saxophone. Yeah. Um, but the clarinet, the bass clarinet, I've always liked lower sound, yeah. so um, you know, I prefer the cello over the violin right, or yeah, right. the saxophone over the clarinet, mm. I suppose, is lower. Mm. But the bass clarinet, I didn't even know about it until I went to jazz school um, and, yeah, was introduced to, you know, especially Eric Dolphy, I suppose. Um, oh, right. A classmate was really, a drummer was really, really into him and I listened yep. to all of the albums. Yep. I was 17 then. Um, yeah a long time ago yeah. and don't sound like him or anything but yeah right. I guess he was definitely an influence he made me realise it exists yeah, um, yeah. David have... Murray that you were just playing okay. was, is probably the person I listen to the most oh, and like cool. the most fantastic yeah I think yeah. he's pretty cool yeah um, but yeah it was the tone I guess and I was just given one by uh, my partner Jonathan Crayford at the time oh, okay. donate, gave me one for my 30th birthday. What a beautiful so he was absolutely gift. the biggest influence. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he just gave me one because um, he loves them. And yeah. from then on, I loved playing it. So, yeah, it's right. such a neat, quirky, quite comical, got lots of warmth. <laughs> and all clarinet has, what I love about clarinet in general is it has lots of uh, range and tone and moods. The saxophone yeah. sort of feels like it's only got one or two. Right, right, right. In a very small range, yeah. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. And we do have mm. um, a couple of tracks. We've got an Eric Dolphy track lined up to play later yes. on the show and uh, more David Murray as well. Uh, and, and another artist that you um, sent, sent us, uh, Louis... Louis Slavis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple of tracks from him you'll be pleased to hear mm-hmm. on this playlist Ooh. today. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm just being mindful of the of the time because I know yep. that you do have um another commitment shortly so I'm just wondering should we just continue with some questions rather than yeah. interrupt yeah. with a with a track Yeah um we can play those tracks later Yeah um, I I was just another question I had is um you uh play in the or I, I'm not sure if this is still current or not, but you you have your own trio, uh, Bridget Kelly Trio. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, it just sort of morphs with different people. So right. I used to have this great trio um, probably in my 20s yep. with Isaac Smith, who I still play with to this yep. day. Um, he's always in whatever trio I have and then some special guest. So 
it was Misha Max, and we did all original music. Yeah. With um, great, great, difficult music with you know thirteen nine or eleven twenty four signatures and um, but really cool compositions by Misha and Isaac, yeah. not by me so much. And oh. then yeah, I. Um, at the space when we had the jazz festival, I had the honour of being asked to do uh, a little show, and so I had my own group for that, uh, probably in about 2000, I'm guessing, mm. I really remember. Mm. And yeah, I've had different versions of the Bridget Kelly Trio over the years. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, more and more trying to do my own compositions. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So have you got some future plans then for the Bridget um, Kelly original mm. trios in the future? Maybe next year's what Wellington Jazz Festival? Or? Uh, played, I think it was last year I got asked to do a headline gig. With, so I had Isaac on the double bass, mm. as always. really suits the clarinet, that, that sort of um, low and the high. And Anthony Donaldson, who's a long-time great friend and a person I've played with a lot in yeah. um, all his various gigs he did in the large ensemble mm. fantastic uh, shows and the jazz festivals over the years like Village of Idiots Village of Idiots I think it's called <laughs> <laughs> yeah not the film Village of the Idiots <laughs> by Lars won't you alright <laughs> fantastic I suppose in kind of um, wrapping up our interview today um, Bridget um any thoughts about how the jazz scene has evolved or any pearls of wisdom or observations in general? Mm, it does seem to have evolved. The, the jazz school, you know, really churns out a lot of jazz players, excellent jazz players. Um, just very different. They all sound very similar to me. It sounds a touchy topic, but um, <laughs> yeah. It's just different. It's just different. What stylistically? Really good, but stylistically, yeah, there's sort of a less diversity, Mm. and um, you know, now you have big bands. There's loads of big big bands. Yeah, really cool. But they all play real straight ahead swing, amazingly well. Whereas our big bands were just sort of like shows with borrowed from all sorts of ethnicities, and there was definitely movement and lighting and costume and props and masks mm. and mm. Um, everything involved. So mm. I I love that sort of richness. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, it's more purist jazz, I guess, these days. Mm. Right, mm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, pearls of wisdom, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Be kind, <laughs> generous. Or, or bring back those shows right. <laughs> with costumes and lighting and bells and yeah. whistles yeah. and well, fun the, the and one, Rosie Langerby is great like that. She's definitely very theatrical. That's the Zirkus big band that's now called the Best Most Happiest Fun mm. Sexy Cabaret of Good Fortune and Prosperity. That one. I'll put <laughs> yeah, that on my they list. Are very of... much like the old time. Yeah, right. That stuff in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds wonderful. Well, so, mm. so probably the last thing we should talk about just before we get going is uh, the actual gig that the three of us have coming up. Yeah. Together. Oh, yeah. The music. Let's think about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Yeah. <laughs> we were realising. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Jazz Loft presents Reed Walken and Reed plus Walken plus Kelly. Um, and yes, that's out at the ante room. So we look forward to taking you out to Port Chalmers. Have you ever been to Port Chalmers? 
many years ago. Many years. Uh, we toured with that band Circus actually, ah. and ah. went down there. And uh, as a student, I went down there to visit my fellow student of high school mates in the cold. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All I remember is it was cold. Yes. But also yeah. Jeff Henderson's yeah. from down there. So yeah. Oh, is he? Is he from Dunedin yeah. originally? Apparently. Ah. Yeah. ah. Well, we look forward to it. We don't know what it's going to look like, but that's the beauty of it all. Mm, that we've got the unfolding. Yeah, it's going to unfold yeah. for yeah. us as well as the audience. Um, and it was, and I do thank you. You were one of the first people that made me feel very welcome when I came up to Wellington a few years ago. You were very friendly and open and welcoming, and I do appreciate that. So thank mm. you, Bridget. Oh, that's lovely to hear, because that kind of was my pearl of wisdom, was just, you know, be welcoming. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Even though we've mm. got little small, um, almost cosseted scenes, haven't we? Mm -hmm. um, mm. Music scenes here in New Zealand. It's mm. very important mm. when people are just moving, trying to move around and trying to explore their own pathways. Yeah. Yeah, yes, that's right. What are you up yeah, to? What are you up to next, Bridget? In the immediately any anything. <laughs> right now about yes. teach yoga. Teach and then yoga. um always about food, so I hope we <laughs> make it to the market. <laughs> Right, well. and then I'll go to the Rogan Vagabond oh, where I met you. The traditions, yeah, where I met you, oh. and um, possibly Alex, but we don't remember. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we do have the pleasure of your of uh, you bringing puppy down to Dunedin as well. Yeah, my kitty is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're Not the same without puppy. No, jazz, jazz dog. dog. Jazz hound, he's called. Jazz hound. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, the time, giving us the time to have a chat with you. Oh, no, great idea. I love these interviews. I'm not so good at this end of things, but I love listening to them. So, um, thanks for inviting me. Well, I think you've done pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, it was and very interesting. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks so much. Oh, yeah. And um, I thanks think we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to let you go uh, to get away to your yoga teaching and so on. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll look forward to seeing you on Friday and, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, the, the audience. Gig. And the gig on Saturday. Yeah, the, the audience can look forward to seeing all three of us on Saturday. Uh, thanks very much, Bridget Kelly. Thanks a lot. Kia ora. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.